Welcome to Whatever the Weather, another Arsenal podcast. I'm your host, James, and joining me today is Dan. Hello, mate. And producer Graham. Hi, James. And together, we are a brand new Arsenal podcast, and we'll be talking all things Gunners. Um, Listener, you join us today on the 27th of November 2023. It is the Monday after victory over Brentford away, saw Arsenal go to the top of the league, courtesy of a 1-0 win via a late, late Kai Havertz header. What a great feeling. Dan, how are we doing? Yeah, not too bad. Pleased with the result. And um happy to be top of the league, mate. Back where we belong. Hopefully we just stay there till <clears throat> May now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, climbing the mountain is the easier bit. It's staying there's the problem, as we know from last season. Um, yeah. Brentford's a tough place to go. I thought we played... Um, Okay, I don't think we were we were quite at our, our blistering best. In fact, I'm not sure we've been at our blistering best all season. Um, but look, we, we come away with the three points from a tough place to go. Um, can't turn your nose up at that. And obviously to see ourselves top of the league as we, we get ready to go into December um, can only be a good thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think we're, we, we keep on comparing to last season and how well we were attacking and how fluid we were. I think we've got to get it into our heads is it's not last season and Mikel's trying to play a different way. So not to expect the same. And I think when you change your, you know, opinions on how we should be playing, you know, we should be playing like last season. I think if you, you know, gather, this is the way we play now. Mikel wants more control. He wants, you know, the field tilt and all that jazz. Um, if you're into all that, um, and he's playing percentages really, um, I think once we get our heads around that, that slow burn, um, I think we we would enjoy Arsenal games a bit more because right now we're expecting something that is just not happening at the moment. So um, I was pleased with the result. We controlled the game um, like Mikel wants to do and took our chance when we needed to. And um, that 65 million bargain Kai Havertz did the business so <laughs> very 60 pleased. million down the <laughs> <Right>. Kai Havertz <laughs> scores again when that first was sung he'd only scored once so mm. when it was Kai Havertz scores again it was like ah well the sympathy all... penalty yeah mm. a sympathy yeah mm. but now he scored twice we can say it now yeah <laughs> he has scored again means, it means something so he has scored again um and it was a really good goal. The The ball from Saka was fantastic cross. And those are the types of areas I think Mikel wants him to work in. And um, I'm not trying to play tactico or whatever they call it, but uh, Trossard during that game was picking up positions in the box where I thought to myself, if Kai Havertz was on the end of that, could have done a bit better because he's just mm. a bit, you know, bit taller, a bit better in the end. Trossard was making the right, right runs, but... The ball was just over his head or, you know, wasn't quite there for him. Yeah. I don't think he had the best of games, which, you know, that is what it is. But, and then Kai came on. I think he showed some nice touches. 
I think he kept the game moving and I think got, you know, really good goal. And hopefully he kicks on from that. Yeah, I mean, I think to an extent, I mean, look, in terms of the performance, I, I wasn't overly um, enthralled by it. But I think you're absolutely right in what you say. We're probably not to expect that is probably um, putting pressure on us that's that's undue at the moment. I think um, if you offered me at the start of the season that we'd be we'd kind of continue off from where we left off last year in, in, in terms of setting the pace and being at the right end of the, the table and being really in a title race, then then I'd take that. And I think we're, we're well set to, to move forward into December. November is notoriously a difficult month for Arsenal and we seem to have come for it quite well, obviously, aside from the, the Newcastle game. But um, yeah, I was, I was pleased with the result. I think, you know, Brentford are a, are a tough team. They're a, they are the archetypal Premier League banana skin, aren't they? And I think, largely we look quite strong obviously there was a couple of hairy moments in the game which I think you're always going to get I, I don't think um I know the Arsenal uh online fan base would, would be up in arms that we can see the, a shot on on target or you know we can see some dangerous <laughs> possession yeah. but you're never yeah. going to have the ball in the opposition's half uh 90 of the time and, and sweep them away five six nil you know it doesn't doesn't work like that but no I thought I thought overall overall we um we did what we had to do. We got the job done. We take the three points back to the Emirates and we, we go again. Um, I was really, you know, in terms of individual performances and stuff like that, there wasn't huge amounts of standouts. I know you mentioned um, Trossard there. I was actually really happy that he started. I thought he deserved his start in place. Um, yeah. I thought the lineup was really interesting with him playing in the left eight. And like you say, I think he picked up some really good positions, but it just, the ball wasn't, wasn't quite falling for him. Um, and you can see what we're trying to do with that kind of in that kind of area. Obviously, we saw um, last season when Xhaka was really breaking forward um, and getting in those goal scoring areas, what what that could bring to the team. And clearly, that's why we signed Kai Havertz to be that that attacking midfielder. And it, it let's be honest, it hasn't worked out for him so far. It's still very very early days, um, but to see Trossard play, I, I thought was the right call. Um, but then look, sometimes you need a change of fortunes like that. And, and Kai coming off the bench, as you said, he, he had some good touches. He scored in midweek playing for Germany, um, playing at left back, bizarrely, um, <laughs> inverted left back role. But to see him come on and, and get one at the back post is um, will do him the world of good. Um, James, uh, referring to Trosser, what did you think of the um, what did you think of the VAR decision? Um, uh, my initial, Dan, my, Dan too. What did you think of the? Yeah, what do you think of the VAR decision? Well, my initial thoughts was it was on side. If you look at from looking at looking at it, um, the initial still without the lines being drawn, mm. you go off the line, which is the six yard box, which I'm led to believe you know people they can paint <laughs> the football pitch in a straight line. And he looked on side. I mean, obviously, it, 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 he probably was. I don't know, a couple of inches off. I mean, mm. was the offside rule brought in for that? I don't know. I don't think that was, uh, you know, when you, the most marginal cause. Look, obviously, when they go your way, like we had the Garnacho one that went our way against Man United earlier on in the season, you can't complain too much. Um, some go for you, some go against you. That's the nature of football, isn't it? I guess. But yeah, my initial thoughts were were that it was onside. Um, but look, luckily, it wasn't something that really cost us. Um, it was it was just something that was was part of the game. Um, it would have been good for Leandro to get that goal. It would have been very similar, actually, to go against Burnley, you know, coming in at the back post, you know, being quite brave. Um, would have been good for my fantasy football team as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, in that case, I'm, I'm delighted that he didn't score and that we managed to steal back <laughs> the three points because he's not in my fantasy team. Um, 
but yeah, it was, um, yeah, I, I, it's a tight call. I think with these things, when they draw the lines, you can't really have too much complaint, can you now? It's it's mm. kind of taken that emotion out of the game. Yeah, well, as long as they draw the lines, I mean. Well, yeah, but I mean. Yeah, well, we've had that like, history against Brentford mm. before. Yeah. I feel like sometimes they just guess at where the lines are sometimes. Mm. Um, but again, as you said, with the Garnacho one that we kind of, <clears throat> you know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that. That wasn't I mean, he was offside. offside. He That's was what offside. I mean. But it's, just, mm. but it's like, I, look, it was offside. It was ruled out. That That's absolutely fine. Mm. Um, but what advantage is he gaining from that? Like, it's to stop the opponent from gaining an advantage, right? Mm. What possible advantage did Trossard have with a toe offside? I mean, mm. if, if that toe wasn't offside, it's not like he wouldn't have still done that anyway, right? But look, by the letters of the law, it's offside. Yeah, I mean, um, if, like, that's I mean, a I very, think, very good point. To be I mean, fair. I, I, very I mean, I suppose to to put it in a different way, I suppose with the Garnacho one, it was where he was the on rushing attacker. There was a last man defender who was trying to play him offside by stepping up. Whereas this one, there was no defender there, was there? It was no. Gabriel Jesus was going for a header. It hit the bar. It came down. Mm. He gobbled up the rebounds. You know. <laughs> It was, yeah, but look, as you said, there's no point in going over it and over it and mm. over it. It wasn't given and probably rightly so. Um, I don't I mean, think, I mean, look, it would have been it would have been a perfect time to have scored that right before half time. Um, and, and the, the second half probably would have played out a bit di- bit more differently. Um, but look, as I said earlier on, we've seen Brentford have had a really good home record. Um, I've probably got this stat wrong, but I've, I've read somewhere that they'd only lost out of their last... Um, sequence of home matches uh the the only teams that have beaten them really is arsenal so yeah um, that's 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 actually pretty much right yeah yeah Yeah. they've got a really good really strong home record so Mm. um yeah i didn't actually even say it's that then i said the arsenal beating them but we beat them last year (laughs) quite comfortably we beat them this year a little less comfortably hopefully we continue to keep beating them but um yeah i mean it was all about getting i think at the moment the best and, uh, stats or no stats. That's yeah, right. I think I think <laughs> I think it's very important to say. I think for all for the Arsenal uh, fan base and listener, I hope hopefully more of you will agree with this point than not. Um, it really is about just getting the victories at the moment and, and maintaining that position at the yes. top of the league. Yeah, we yeah. could be playing scintillating football like um, mm. certain other teams um, and slowly sliding down the league. <laughs> having lost again. I wonder who I could possibly be speaking about. I have no idea you could be mate. referring to. Man. What are you talking um, about, mate? Yeah, what, come on. Yeah. Who's that? What's going yeah. on, bro? What are you um, talking about? You talking about Highline for life? Yeah. No. <laughs> you know what? That's something that's something I wanted to mention is that for all the kind of love for like um for for Big Ange. Actually, I think one of the most lovable like Premier League managers is actually Thomas Frank. Like he just, you know, he doesn't. Do you know what I mean? He doesn't. Has actually... anyone ever told you you look a little bit like Thomas Frank? Oh, really? I've never heard that. Well, There's only one manager for me. Yeah, yeah. Is that guys? Guys. Mikel <laughs> <laughs> knows. Mikel knows. Else, anyone else is, um, is great. No, Thomas Frank. He spoke. He spoke really well actually yeah, after yeah. the game, and you know, he didn't. He he had he the press set him up for ample opportunities to really lay into Mikel and, and Arsenal and throw us under the bus and he didn't he took the defeat yeah he, well he doesn't, um, he doesn't bite I think you know fair play to him yeah. on that um, he I might have been a bit more salty if it had been on, on mm. the other foot but you know fair play to him but even before um, the game as well you know they asked they tried to ask him so mm. could, he could get a 
you know, a clip of him saying something about Arteta. Mm. They asked him about the over celebrations and how Arsenal were too emotional. Mm. And he was like, <laughs> well, of course, this is football. Uh, you yeah. know, I'm yeah, that's what I mean. Too. Like he's, a, and it's like you know, they they want to clip him and say you know mm. something about Arsenal. Well, I mean, it's like kind of get a gotcha thing, isn't it? Like, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And it's and he yeah. just he just speaks really well. He coaches mm. his teams really well. They're really well drilled. Uh, they mm. set up really well. Um, obviously, they they didn't set up to really they would they set up to defend really well and take what they could mm. the break. Mm. You know. Um, and they were set up really well, and I was quite concerned at points where we just couldn't break them out, break them down really. And I thought around sixty minutes we were starting to run out of ideas. Um, we were throwing that cross to the back post a lot, as I was, as I mentioned earlier, but we just didn't have the personnel on the end of it. Odegaard was doing it, Saka kept on doing it, mm. and that's when I thought, believe it or not, <laughs> this could be something for Kai Havertz mm. to get on the end of because he's got mm. that height, and he, you know. Um, mm which obviously paid off in the end. Before um, we continue with Havert, can we can we talk about um I mean to be fair both of these do relate to to um to our beloved now second goalkeeper. <laughs> um I was thinking about more about the the clearances and that particularly that that first uh that first error in which Rice kind of rescued us. Yeah. I mean mm. I don't know. I've got a bit of an unpopular opinion about, about it. Obviously, everyone loves Aaron Ramsdale. Um, oh, go on, go on. I want to hear your unpopular opinion. James, do you want to hear Dan's unpopular no, I mean, opinion? The world. No, I don't think it's I don't think it's I too think, far-fetched. But, I mean, a lot of people are putting it down to, oh, his confidence is shot. He was mm. dropped from the team, and so now his confidence is shot, and, you know, he's so nervous, and he's making mistakes and stuff like that. Get Get over it, mate. I think there's, like two types of players there's either players that rise to the occasion accept the challenge of a keeper coming in and it pushes you to be better so when you do get your opportunity you make the most of it or there's other players that falter under the pressure and i i, I just think it's a bit weak mentally really um mm. he's already mentioned in an interview he can't concentrate for 90 minutes mm. um i think he needs to step his game up you know, uh, he got dropped. He needs to take it on the chin, work harder. And when he gets his opportunities, take him. Don't fucking throw the ball to the opposition. Has he, has he done anything though or said anything to give you that impression that he's throwing the toys out of the pram or that he's on the, there's been a lot of noise around him. Obviously there was a clip from an interview did with Ian Wright where he said he, he struggles to, to concentrate and that he uses the crowd to rev him up. And I think he's probably referring to that Leicester game with the, your yeah. shit, ah, moment. Yeah. And, and I mean, obviously, the uh, you know, he, he wasn't helped by his dad coming out on a another podcast that you absolutely shouldn't listen to, by the way, listener. Mm. Um, <laughs> um, absolutely not. Um, but also another they're, podcast, they're YouTubers, they're, they're but um, <laughs> yeah, but you know, he, he was done no favors there. Um, but I think he's been kind of the model pro, hasn't he? He's, you know, mm. he, he he cheered um, David Raya on when he made that save against Spurs. Um, you know, there's not been much coming out from him. I'm sure he's professional enough. You know, I, I don't look at it that it's um, the pressure got to him. I look at it, maybe he might be trying a bit too hard. He's trying to win. He's probably actively trying to win his place back mm. um, and trying to be the keeper that perhaps, you know, he's not um, rather than doing what he naturally does well. 
um, and he might have been forcing the issue a bit. But look, he's not the first. He's not the first goalkeeper, and he will not be the last goalkeeper to make a mistake in possession trying to play the ball out. One of the great things with Aaron Ramsdale and, and top keepers, and something when we when we moved away from Bern Leno, is that the real elite goalkeepers do take that risk because the reward that you get from it is so high. You've seen Allison and Edison for for years. Um, playing that way, Allison actually against Man City on on um, Saturday morning um, didn't have his best game distribution wise, but that's the type of player that he is. He takes those risks when they come off. You know, you're in a much much better position. Um, and I think Aaron's of that, you know, of that ilk. Um, I I don't, I'm not saying he's of the same quality. Um, well, but I, I, I think I the thing with the, with the pressure and all that, I think is is look in in. In football at the moment, in football media, there is a big thing about creating a narrative and a story. And I think, look, the bottom line of it is is that we've signed a new goalkeeper because the people at Arsenal think he's an upgrade. That's it. Exactly. And the fact that we're still talking about it is not... And I think the reason why we're still talking about it is because, look, let's have it right. Ray has not come in and set the world on fire. You know, like no. he's come in and if, if Ray had just you know, performed at a really high level, didn't make a couple of mistakes. We wouldn't, but I mean... I actually think the I reason am, we're talking about it is because they're goalkeepers. I am sorry. Like, but what, it's one it's, position, isn't it? It looks like he's second-guessing himself, yeah. and it, it does look like a bit of a confidence issue to me. Mm. You know, you could say a mm. lack of game time or whatever it is, but it's like he's caught in two minds, and it wasn't that wasn't just the one mistake he made. He had a really, really poor first mm. half. But do you not? Um, I mean, and, um, do you not no. think it's a lack of game time? Because I, I, I couldn't disagree with you more on that. I think it. I think it really is. No, I, I, he's played enough professional football games in his career mm. to be able to come in when needed. He's meant to be a top, top quality keeper. I'm mm. sorry. It, 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 this is the level, you know. You've got this is your number one. You know, you're competing for the number one share Arsenal. There has to be some sort of accountability for it. You can't make excuses of low confidence or lack of game time. When you're needed, you need to be able to come in and step up. Mm. Now, the second half, he played better. But in that first half, he was really poor. And he, he's accountable for that. I love Aaron Ramsdale. We all love our, you know, his character and all of that stuff. But mm. if Mikel thinks David Raya is better, that's the end of it. It's job done. People mm. get too attached to players nowadays. And... It, wow! It no, I'm I'm serious because it's, it's, it's wow. true. Everyone loves Aaron Ramsdale. When Ramsdale came in and displaced Leno, did mm. anyone really care? I mean, when we first got Ramsdale, it was like, why are we signing Ramsdale? We got Leno. I think, why yeah, but I think, yeah, but I that think was that over was in like, that listen. was over in five games, right? No one gave a shit about Leno after mm. five games. Everyone was talking about Aaron Ramsdale. Okay, fine, but if that's but that's not the same when when it comes to Raya, is it? Like What's we're talking the about same? the we're talking about the goalkeepers situation because Raya has been brought in, right? Yeah, but, but Ramsdale we was brought in as well to replace Leno, and Leno was a perfectly good goalkeeper. Let's if have we, right. if we really no want to go, if we really want to go into it, the actual big decision probably wasn't that Aaron Ramsdale was brought in; it was that Emmy Martinez was sold because Emmy mm. Martinez came in when when Bern Leno got injured. Mm. Emmy Martinez was clearly the better keeper in the sense that from the way you wanted to play like playing out with your feet at the back and whatever. But Emmy Martinez didn't have the career history behind him that obviously he's now gone on to have. We got yeah. a great offer from Aston Villa at the time. We took it. Mm. We gave Burn Leno a new deal. 
which was the right thing to do at the time in in, in for the club. We realised that actually, do you know what? To go further on, you need a great goalkeeper. We bought Aaron Ramsdale in. We disregarded, but no, no, he sat on the bench for a year. Danny's absolutely right. It yeah. was with no no thought given to it. It, it Bern Leno's dad happened. didn't come out and say anything, did he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and you know and look no, and that's I, true. I, that's I'll, true. I'll be honest. I'm I'm one of these ones. I think look, let's let's call it as it is. We're all sucked in because. Aaron Ramsdale's a great character. He's an Englishman playing for Arsenal. To have an English goalkeeper, the potential England number one, is a great thing to have. He's someone who's got a connection with the fan base. You know, it feels like, you know, obviously he's not come through the ranks at the club, but it's like he's one of our own. You know, we had a, a great Yorkshireman in David Seaman as a goalkeeper. We've now got Aaron Ramsdale. There. Oh, definitely. I think that's you a know, big part of it. And I think kind of coming in seems like, uh, I don't know, it just... It just he's seems... not ours. It's yeah, like he's not ours. Sort of seems so um, to, yeah, but but the truth is though, I think Dan's right. You know, mm. at the end of the day, there are things that we know as fans and that we talk about, and that we will we will listen to, that we will continue to talk about on this podcast and in <laughs> oh other God, other spaces. <laughs> but you know what? Isn't it great to have a manager who is cold and calculated and can make that that decision for the betterment of the team? You know, for mm. years I've been arguing. You know, I go back way back with with both of you, but I, for years I was arguing about how how frustrated I was with Arsene Wenger when he would come out and say things like, you know, I don't want to sign this player because it's going to kill Danielson, or I don't want to sign Yaya Torre because it's going to disrupt mm. Abu Dhabi, or there's no need for me to sign Eden Hazard because we've got Thomas Rizitsky and mm. all this sort of stuff. And sometimes you want someone to be cold hearted to say, actually, do you know what? There's not great. Let's do it because at mm. the end of the day, Mikel has taken us from a team that finished unacceptably for Arsenal, eighth, two years in a row. Uh, admittedly, he was in charge for one of those seasons. Mm. The trajectory is he wants to go forward. I don't think Mikel's ambition is Arsenal to get in the Champions League and that's it. He wants us to win the Champions League. Mm. And you know what? We haven't had I a manager like that for a long, long time. he just wants us to win everything. I mean, and yeah, that's and that's We haven't had a manager like yeah. that for a long, long time. No, no, no And absolutely. I think Dan's absolutely right. When you're the goalkeeper mm. of Arsenal, there's a certain level you've got to perform. And look, challenge is challenge. And Aaron's, look, he's got the rest of this season to prove otherwise at the moment mm. it looks like the only other game he's going to play is the next, the return game against Brentford to be fair right um, yeah, he yeah. might might play in the FA Cup I mean I, look I do feel for Aaron because he's clearly a really really top keeper mm. and he, I think there's progression in him I think we all think that he's he's got steps to go he can he can improve mm. David Raya I don't know I don't know. I don't know enough about him. I haven't. I didn't watch him closely enough at Brentford. His stats all point positively that he, there's there's upward movement in his game. Mm. I think by and large he's been good. I think if we'd signed him to replace um, Brian Leno, I don't think we'd be complaining about having him. Um, it's just that he's replacing a so-called fan favourite. Yeah, yeah, that's true. There was also a moment I th- I saw when uh, when Zinchenko cleared the ball off the line and Ramsdale didn't get to it. Ramsdale kind of almost gave Zinni this kind of look of like, why did you do that? <laughs> I could have got to that. If he didn't, it would have been like, a goal. That's yeah, I know. Because if you look at Aaron, <laughs> he's diving into the net. He's behind I know, it. No, I know, I know. He's behind it. Yeah. It was, um, yeah. yeah. I mean, look, as I said, Ramsdale's a character and he's been great for Arsenal Football Club. And, you know, mm. we all love Aaron Ramsdale for all the reasons you explained, James. And stuff like that. But if Mikel thinks, even if it's the slightest of percentages, that David mm. Raya is better than Aaron Ramsdale for what he needs, mm. then, as I said, I 
fully trust in Mikel Arteta. And so if he thinks Raya is what we need, then I am all for it. Listen, um, I, it, I agree it with such you. A shame. It is hard on, it is hard and it's cutthroat, but mm. to be the best, mm. you have to, you know, you, make those tough th- decisions. I think the part, I think part of me as well, and James, but I think you might understand this too, is that it seems like such a short kind of turnover. Like from the time we've signed Ramsdale and he was number one. Okay, I get what you were saying about Leno and etc. But it seems like such a short turnover between the time we signed Ramsdale and he's number one and he's established as this character in the team to us signing Raya and then all of a sudden Ramsdale is sort of shut out. You know, yeah. you know, that's sort of when, well, I like it. I liken it to our style of play, right? Is that mm. Ramsdale has been great with you know for us, but essentially we haven't done anything. We finished second mm. last year, mm. and you know if Mikel thinks there's improvements in the team and mm. they're available to do so, he's going to change it up. He thought uh, you know we played brilliant football last year, mm. but we didn't win the league. So Mikel's going, okay, well that didn't work. So I need to try something else. And okay, that kind of leads me on to a different question, which is that do you not do you think it's changed too much? Because it to some to some degree it it's kind of almost unrecognizable from last season. And I think the all we can do is mm. point to the results. We are top yeah. of the league, top of our Champions League group. We'll be qualifying. Mm. There's nothing more results wise we could do really right now you know Mm. so we may not like the style of football may not be as pleasing Mm. on the eye and Mm. i understand that but we want to win trophies here guys we want to win trophies okay guys so controversially you don't want to win trophies i I think we're (laughs) better i think we're better this season than last uh, yeah, we're, we're I, more steady. Maybe we don't look like losing games. No, I think last season, so, last yeah. season, it was all by the seat of our pants. I mean, mm. we've been playing the game at home against Leicester, and it was we score a goal, you score a goal, we score a goal, you score a goal, um, and then eventually we, we we went and got the win. Um, we played Man United away, we absolutely battered them, and we came away and we had nothing. Um, there were there were n- numerous other games last season um, where it was the odd goal was winning it. We were having to be this really emotive force to get over the line. And this season it has been more cold and calculated. Obviously we had the two, two real, real two upturn wins that against uh, both Manchester clubs. Um, and I get there was a bit of disappointment in the Tottenham game, but you know, we got the two late wins over Manchester United and Man City um, that were quite emotive, but that had been coming. We had been building pressure in both of those games against Man United. We should have, we should have been, clear of them in that game in my opinion we, we, we were the better team we were the, the dominant team against Man City you're playing well number one you're playing the best team in the world best club side in the world um, you know it's not realistic to just blow them away um, that had been a bit of a monkey on our backs we hadn't beaten them for so long um, in 90 minutes so I think you know to to get that victory was huge but yeah I, I, I think we've looked superb in pretty much every game and we've been we've been that's the wrong thing to say actually not we've looked superb I think we haven't looked massively troubled in any game there's been games where we haven't played as well going forward and things haven't mm. clicked I'd, I'd certainly agree with that but mm. i haven't looked at games and thought oh my god we look so ragtag like we've really got away with one there i mean but last mm. season against leeds clearly it was like well we massively got away with one there you know 
Um, yeah. I don't feel that way this season. And then just going back onto the Rams now point, and it would be the last thing I'll, I'll kind of say on it, but I definitely think that, you know, Mikel's job is to make Arsenal better at, at mm. whatever cost that is and to make us win. And certainly in the summer, we were all, you know, as a fan base, all of us were thinking, you know, we didn't bottle the league. You know, we had a great season, but Man City were just too good. Mikel is not just thinking, well, Man City are just too good. Oh, well, what can we do? Man City are just too good. His job is to think, well, actually, how can we improve? What can we do differently? Why did we not get over the line? And I definitely think, particularly that home game against Southampton, where we conceded so early on, will be in Mikel's mind. And I'm sure that he thought, you know what, Aaron was very emotive. There was a few moments where it looked a bit shaky, where goals were given away. There was a, you know, we saw it again the, the the season before that when we were in the running to get top four. There was a couple of goals. Um, it is near post. I think we played Liverpool at home. There was a, a goal. Um, these are key, you know, in those big games, those key moments. Mm. You know, unfortunately, whether you're at centre forward or goalkeeper, that's it. You'll do or die by that. Mm. Um, the team, thankfully, has managed to score enough goals collectively that the centre forward thing is not the be all and end all at the moment. But with the goalkeeper, there's no hiding place. And I think hmm. um, as much as it pains me to say, it, I think we've just got to get on board now and realise that David Ray is our number one. We support him. We support Aaron Ramsdale as well. And hmm. it's all about the betterment of Arsenal. So, yeah. But I, but yeah. nonetheless, look, I was pleased to see that Aaron, you know, he got a clean sheet. He got his start. The fans are obviously right behind him. Um, and it didn't cause the, the error that he did make didn't lead to a goal. Because I think it really would have been a different kind of feeling had had he made that mistake. That would have been that, that could have really know, been, been quite cr- cr- critical and a very and, uh, big nail in a in a in a yeah, very big coffin. And yeah, I think yeah. and I think and just the kind of like the final point on this whole Aaron Ramsdale thing and Graham, I'll, I'll throw this over to you. Mm. Um, do you think part of your worry is the fact that it's inevitable that you know we can't have both these goalkeepers at the club at the same time? It's inevitable that one of them is going to go. It looks like Aaron's going to go inevitably he's an English goalkeeper the market is going to be quite small there's a high chance he's going to end up playing for one of our rivals does that is it that kind of feeling that to be honest I don't actually know and I I think a lot of I think a lot of fans assume this is that we're going to sell him in January but ultimately we need that backup goalkeeper don't we I mean who because if because if we if we sell him then who do we have left we have Hein right so, yeah. No. Um, I. If we were to sell Ramsdale, it would completely undo the whole point of having two top quality keepers competing to win the league. It completely <laughs> just it. That means the last six months were completely pointless. Mm. You want two could, you know, two top quality goalkeepers competing for that number one shirt. Now, when Arteta, when they first brought in Raya and he said about playing, you know, the number ones and substituting goalkeepers at halftime. It sounded actually sounded quite interesting, but mm. in reality, it was absolute bollocks, right? David Rye is the number one, mm. and that's the way it is. Mm. But you still need that competition, right? And can I ask you guys, do you feel like, and I, I don't know, do you think that that they've had a falling out? Uh, I don't think so. Like uh, not at all. Arteta not at all. and Ramsdale. I think I think Mikel was looking at ways to improve the team. Mm. Um, look, he gave Aaron Ramsdale a new five-year deal in the summer, so I don't think it was a pressing issue. Oh, yeah, but he was looking so, at yeah, yeah. he was looking at a way to improve the team. Mm. Um, I think from everything that I've heard, David Raya was all set to go to Chelsea. 
for whatever reason, a deal couldn't be struck with Brent. Uh, sorry, he was due. To, he was also to go to Tottenham initially. Ah, okay. Tottenham wouldn't pay the forty million that Brentford wanted. He was then set to go to Chelsea. Chelsea wanted to do a deal with payments spread over like I don't know ten years or whatever they want to do stupidly. <laughs> they tried to smoke out Man United. Man United yeah, yeah. got the deal done for Anana. Um, they'd mm. kind of already committed to bringing in a new keeper. Uh, Brentford had. And mm. David Rye was kind of there in this kind of weird way where he's got a year left on his contract. Arsenal came in. They agreed that, well, he'll sign a new deal at Brentford for another year. We'll give you 30 million for him, but we'll take him on loan and we'll, mm. we'll structure the we'll structure payments in a way that suits you, suits us with FFP. Um, Inaki Kanya, the Arsenal goalkeeping coach, is, is, uh, is well is well known that he's a huge um, fan of David Rye. I think David Rye mm. said that he's like a, a fatherly figure to him. He was with him at Blackburn. He brought him to oh, Brentford. Okay, and now, okay. obviously, the connections there of Arsenal. Mm. Um, they've they've run the stats. They thought it was a deal worth doing, and they've done it. And that's it. Mm. Um, I, I don't think, to your point, Graham, I don't think it would be that Ramsdale would leave in January. I think it's probably more at the end of the season. I know the Euros yeah. is coming up, but I, I don't think I don't think it suits anyone for him to go into a new team. I know I know there's a Europe spot for England in the Euros. I'm sure he'll be part of the squad, but realistically. Mm. Jordan Pickford's the England number one. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And I don't think Gareth Southgate's going to change that. So I think, and I think no. Aaron Ramsdale probably knows that. But mm. I think, I think probably the start of, I think this time next year, mm. I would be very surprised if Aaron Ramsdale was still an Arsenal player. But let's, um, let's, let's speak a little bit about the lineup. So look, obviously, we've spoken about, we've, we've managed to get the job done. Um, obviously, we've said that we're not as, um, as fluid and, and free-flowing as we were last season, I, which I actually thought was a bit bit surprising because I, when I saw the lineup come through on my phone and I saw that we had Zinchenko at left-back, um, Tommy Asu shifting over to the right, but I saw a midfield of Erdegaard, Rice and Trossard and obviously mm. Gabriel Jesus coming back into the team, starting with, with Saka and Martinelli. Um, I thought, you know, the goalkeeping thing aside, I thought that's, that's actually probably on paper it's got to be close to our strongest possible team. Obviously, you'd, you'd have to have Benny Blanco at right back, but mm. but yeah, from an attacking point of view, I thought a really really good team. Um, do you think that you know that 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 underwhelmed a little bit from from an attacking point of view? Um, it did actually. Um, I think I think in theory the the Trossard at the number eight, you know, is really talented attacking midfielder with Odegaard as well. Um, you'd, you'd think that's that'd be very strong attacking wise, but I think it lacked a bit of balance, to be honest. I think what Granit Xhaka brought to that role was balance, where he added to the attack, but also defensively he was very strong. Um, obviously Declan Rice doing what Declan Rice does, he was absolutely phenomenal. Um, again, but I I genuinely think if Thomas Partey ever comes back and we get him in that number six and Declan Rice in the number eight. I think that's when you'll really start to see things click. That's um, actually something I was thinking about earlier is is I really miss Thomas Partey. And I think the team really misses him. Yeah. Like I mean, there's speak, uh, and I think because he's been because he's been injured for quite a while, we sort of I mean maybe it's just me, I sort of forgotten about him. Yeah. And that he, you know, at some point he's coming back into the team and yeah. That's the Declan Rice effect, right? Because we, yeah, exactly, exactly. A, a much, yeah. you know, very capable defensive midfielder there. Not to speak ill of Declan Rice because he's been absolutely amazing since we signed him. Um, player of the season so far for me. Mm. Um, he just does everything. So, I, what I do think he lacks a little bit in his game is passing through the lines. 
I don't think he takes enough risks in that. And Thomas Partey is so good at that. Mm. And I feel like stick Partey in the six with Declan Rice, um, doing that defensive work and then driving with the ball. I think it would be really good. And Partey, mm from the number six controlling the game from there. I think it would be really great for, mm. for the balance of the team. And I think you'll see a lot more of the free flow and football that we saw last season, but with more mm. stability, which mm. I think is the ideal of what we want. That's the final stage of mm. Mikel's is evolution. That, is that I not think. the ideal is that you want Declan Rice, you want Thomas Partey and you want Martin Odegaard there? That's, I, think, I think that's it. You know, And if we mm. can get to January, February and have Thomas Partey come back in the team, Jury and Timber come into that team, and still be top or in and around, we mm. are on to a winner here, lads. I really do think that. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think, well, again, like when I say sort of, you know, I've sort of forgot because Partey's been out for so long, I've sort of forgotten about him. Like in terms of, I mean, Timber, I mean, we don't know when he's coming back. So, you know, that's someone else who can... He's out for the season, is is that right? He's, yeah, he's he's out the season. I don't mm. think so. I, I mean, I, I, look, I've just I've just got. A, sorry, I've got to jump in and just say Declan Rice. Wow, mm. I mean, what, guys, fogging <laughs> hell, guys, fogging yeah. hell, guys. I mean, I tell you what, if he had joined Man City, I tell you what, they would be about thirty points. There's not even been thirty points even to play for it. They'd be thirty <laughs> points. Here. Fuck me, what a player! I mean, uh, hundred million pound. I mean, he's just sensational. And I think mm. you know what, Dan is absolutely right. We miss Granite Xhaka because of the mm. balance that he gives. Um and I think it would be party at the base and Declan Rice in that in that kind of left eight in the in the or in the in between positions, like in the six and a half if you want. Mm. Um, yeah. and yeah. I think that would be, you know, in the big games, in the big games, if you could have a midfield if you could if you could play, if you know, we've we've got, I don't know, let's say was it twenty odd games left in the season. If you could tell me that for 18 of those games, we could pick a midfield three of Odegaard, Rice and Partey, mm. I'm telling you we're going close. Oh, I'm yeah. I'm telling yeah. you we're going oh, close. Oh, 100%. 100%. Um, but I just don't think that's going to happen, sadly. Um, mm. And I think irrespective of talks about strikers and this, that and the other, and what else over the team, I think the midfield is so crucial. And I think it's mm. it's a shame that we've been robbed of that. In hindsight, it might have been the better deal to have let, Thomas Partey going and kept Granite Xhaka, but look, it's you've Ooh, we've wow, got to work it. We've got to work bold, it as you've got that's to work a it. Bold statement. Yeah, I mean, look, my mm. my balls got tickled in January of, of 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 this year, where I really thought that we were good, that there's a potential that we could get in Caicedo and Rice, and that would have been the double hit mm. in the window. And that's probably a little bit. You know, we spoke about the the signing of David Raya, um, and maybe even to an extent the signing of Kai Havertz. I think there's probably a, an element of of, of uh, fans where they probably feel like, you know what, had we not bought those two players that we perhaps didn't 100% necessarily need and we brought in an actual, another upgrade of uh, in midfield, be it a a specialist centimetre or a specialist um, left eight, that we might be slightly better off. But for me, um, I think the balance of the team is is pretty good. Um, I think that Brentford are no mugs. They, we, we've spoken before about the type of team they are. I think generally in the league this season, I said I don't think we've been outplayed, particularly in any real game. Um, I'm quite happy with the shape of the team at the moment so far. Um, the Trossard one's a weird one, isn't it? Because he looks so good when he comes off the bench. Mate, I, I hope he's not destined to be just a super sub, but it mm. does feel like he is exactly that. He's just a mm. perfect 12th or 13th man. Um 
you know, as as opposed to to being the the kind of main main piece in the jigsaw. Mm. I mean, I think that leads on to uh, the Champions League game. Oh, well, on Wednesday, mm. you, does Kai Havertz start? Do, do you, I think it would be a lot. On, of, do, you, do you carry on and hope he, you know, that has done his confidence a world of good, or do you keep it? Because I think Havertz has looked his best coming off the bench. Mm. I think he's. I was made, about to say, referring I think he's back made to more of an impact off mm-hmm. the bench. I mean, as I said, come off the bench against City, mm. got an assist. Obviously, the, the the layoff assist, but he caused. You know, we ran the channels better when he was on the pitch. I think it gave City a different problem and I think a couple of times he's come off the bench and I wouldn't say changed the game or anything like that I'm, I wouldn't go to those extremes but I think he's done his best work mm. coming off the bench really well, as um, you kind of said earlier do you think he's sort of he kind of slots in somewhere you know he's he's replacing he's replacing somebody who you know I, probably yeah. couldn't probably couldn't get on the end of so I mean that's the theory, right? The theory yeah. was that Granit Xhaka got into very good attacking positions, mm. but unfortunately isn't the most attack-minded player. And so mm. someone who is that would take more advantage of those situations. And Kai Havertz apparently mm. is that guy that has that as an attacking midfielder, wherever you want to, was meant to be that guy. I don't think it's completely come off what Mikel mm. was trying to do, but I think he'll use Brentford as like an outline as like, this is what this guy can do. And this is what he can bring to the team. And, mm. and I think, you know, Mikel is, it, the Havertz signing was so odd that it's kind of like mm. a make or break for him. Like the Havertz thing has to work, but. I think it has know. to work for Havertz, doesn't it? Not yeah. necessarily Mikel, if that's what you're alluding to. I think it has to work for Kai Havertz. Well, I, I always feel like, I think, Arsenal, I, I'm obviously I'm going to speak for the fan, but no, um, I do feel <laughs> um, with some Arsenal fans, even though they're with Mikel, it feels like if he makes a mistake or it, it I think they'd be very quick to turn on him. Mm. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely and, I got I, certainly from when you look online, there, there seems to be an element of the fan base that still really pine after um, Unai Emery. Or that feel aggrieved that the way he lost his job or whatever, which I find absolutely bizarre. It's, it's, but... That's mm. revisionism, you know. Revisionism, yeah, yeah, yeah. that is best, it's right? Historical <laughs> revisionism exactly, is what it is. Right? It's, like, it's come on, bullshit, like, man. Yeah, it's nonsense. They either, they either <laughs> didn't live through the Unai Emery era, mm. or they've just fucking blanked it out because or, by or, the end it was bad. Or was really they're bad. or they're Villa fans. Well, I think they're just convinced that he's a that he's a winner, and you know, I mean, mm. Tony Adams came out, didn't he, and said that he he felt that if we had Unai um, at the club, we'd have won the league last season, which I thought is was a bizarre comment because if we'd had Unai, we wouldn't even be in the running to win the league. Mm, exactly um, that. Based on what yeah, I saw yeah. as him as a manager, um, yeah, I, I think Mikel's done a superb job, and and look, um, yeah, to your point, I think there are some people that will have the knives out, and certainly with the Kai Habits thing. And with the David Raya thing, but you know mm. what? A manager who's made to make brave calls, you know, not to follow the populist choice. But we've wanted it for a long time, right? You know, too often it was Arsene picks the same team or he doesn't change it up enough or he's not ruthless enough or, you know, he's too loyal to players or whatever. Isn't it quite refreshing to have someone who's a little bit more pragmatic, who who has shown sure, sure. Well, in pretty I'm... much every facet that he's a winner? 
Mm. Well, okay, on on that, like, how do you think we're going to set up against uh, against Lon? Because we, I mean, there we lost to them. Remember? Yeah, I mean, the, the so one, I'm interested the, to see how we set up against them because, well, yeah, we well we lost to them. They're one of a, you know, couple of losses right, this one, season. The, so the one change that I think, or that would be interesting, is, and we know that Mikel likes to play the best team, the best possible team, as often as he can. Mm. Gabriel Jesus, obviously, he's just come back from injury. He played for Brazil um, in midweek against Argentina, started that game. Obviously, he came back to the UK, um, played against Brentford on Saturday. I'm not sure if he could do a third game in a week um, mm. with his knee injury. We'll see. I don't know. That would be the one that I'd kind of think, mm, or he mm. might try and get an hour out of him. Obviously, we've got Wolves at home um, on Saturday. Um, followed up by I think we're away at Luton after that. We are away um, at Luton. Yeah, yeah, on the Tuesday. So the games come thick and faster in this December period. And this mm. is this is really now the time where you need to utilize the squad at its fullest. Um I for me personally, we're we I think we're pretty much through in the Champions League. I can't see us um I can't see us just blowing that. I think we'll we'll get through that group. <laughs> um you know and I for yeah. me, I would I'd go with Kai Havertz up front actually, or Trossard mm. in the false nine. I think that would be mm. the change I would make. Um, I, yeah. I I don't know too much else. I mean, I think I think other than that, I think the team largely stays the same. Potentially, Ben White might come back in. Um, mm. Obviously, I expect David Raya to come back in, but I think the, the only change I can really foresee is maybe striker, which obviously would mean if if, if Kai Havertz played up front, then obviously Trossard would stay in the left eight. Or, or vice versa. That would be the change I would, would kind of think. But I think the beauty of that is they can be interchangeable. I feel like mm. with Havertz on the pitch, you can have that and you can have Gabby Jesus and Havertz because Jesus drops out, you know, to the wings anyway, and that gives space for Havertz to get into the box. Um, I, I completely agree that I don't think we need Gabby Jesus for tomorrow. Um, we need a point to qualify. I think he's played a lot of football coming back from an injury. Um, and I don't. I How don't good think... is it to have options as well, guys? Well, exactly. Oh, <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I mean, we talk about the first game against Lons. It's one of those games, and it seems like Arsenal always get them. It's like <laughs> when we played Brentford, and it was they were in the Premier League for the first yeah. time, and it was away, and it was under mm. the lights, and it was always it was always going to be one of those sh- shitty games where we end up losing. Or when we played Everton last season, and it was like new manager bounce they were shit mm. for the whole season then they got in Sean Dyche and of course they were going to win 1-0 at home <laughs> thanks to a Tarkovsky fucking header or whatever uh, yeah. and it, it was Lons's return to the Champions League after so long and they were at mm. home and the fucking fans are up for it and you know mm. all of that shit we always get caught up in those things. mate I make you so right we, we, we've that's been a sort of a theme throughout our history you know um listener I'm sure you all know that in cup finals you know we lost to Swindon Town in the League Cup final in 1969. <laughs> you know, we lost to West Ham in 1980 in the FA yeah. Cup final. We lost to Luton Town in the League Cup final of 1988. Um, you know, so Birmingham City, we lost we've the got, League Cup We've final. got history. Yeah, we've got history. We've got yeah, history yeah. on the big occasion. We know we give we give other teams their their moment in the sun. And okay. absolutely, I think yeah. you're right. I think it was... It was, it, as you say, it was a shitty game. We were, we weren't winding up. We were playing quite well. They scored a goal. Their crowd was up. It's one all. The game can go either way, and it happened yeah. to go theirs. It was one of those, you know. Like, you, and we brushed it off quite well, to be fair. Yeah, and basically, we are better 
than Lons. It's just as simple as that. Mm. And I think even mm. making a couple of changes to that team, we should still be able to beat Lons mm. fairly comfortably. So, do you want to, do you want to know a really geeky and amazing fact? Is that the the uh, the capacity of the stadium of Lons is larger than the town of Lons? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Burnley, Burnley's uh, similar to that, isn't it? That's a good start. Like I like that. I love those. I love those little facts. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, go back to the lineup. I think I said Trossard in the false nine. I think I'd be comfortable with. Um, I, I think. Would you it, like to see any experimentation, Dan? Sorry, cutting across you there, but would you like to see? You know, as you said, we only need a point to get through the group. Mm. Um, would you like to see us bring in any other players or, or try something a little bit different, maybe, um, to give us a kind of a different option as we head towards uh, these, like the, the pack December schedule? Mikel's probably going to do that anyway, isn't he? Just watch. Um, just watch. Just watch. I don't know. It's so hard to it's read. Gonna it's I think you might see a change in defence. He plays the best players as much as he possibly can. I, I think we might Kivio. see change in Yeah, I think we might see Kivior possibly. Mm. Um Maybe give Gabriel a rest. He's been traveling around to Brazil. He played, you know, or give Saliba that rest because, you know, I don't think we need to take out the Rolls Royce to drive on the mm-hmm. dirt road, so to speak. You know, <laughs> uh, you know, we can save well save him. Um, yeah, I, I'd be pretty comfortable. Whatever, I'm I'm quietly confident in our squad, especially in in, in this game. So I don't think it matters. Overly, we should be beating Lons, whatever the starting lineup is, essentially. Um, but yeah, get this qualification done and um, move on to Wolves. On, on yeah, it, it, it would be nice to go to PSV away, the final game where it's all yeah. There's nothing you, on it, right? You wouldn't want to go to yeah. Way. You wouldn't want to go to PSV away needing to get something because oh hell no. Yeah. Even though, you know, it's just an awkward game. I'm not saying. Mm. Yeah, I don't think PSV are all that good, but like you say, it's an awkward game. It's one of those, as we said, a shitty game. Well, mm. I think well, well, I think domestically they've done amazingly well, and they had won however many games in a row or um, stuff like that. And yeah. then they tried, you know, they came to came to the Emirates and tried to play, yeah, and, yeah, um, got their ass handed to them, but they mm. fucking still gave it a go. You know, they were they they weren't that bad, and I feel like them at home might problems, but. I think the way our season's been built off just a solid spine, um, we are very hard to beat. Yeah, and um, and, the, and and like you say, the PSV away game as well. That comes right in in the heart of a, a packed December period. We don't really, you know, well we're 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 going in all fronts. We don't really need that. So yeah. I think that makes that makes perfect sense. Yeah, exactly that. Um, but yeah, I, I think we'll be fine on Wednesday. Um, famous last words. 